Welcome to this latest edition. Uh, we missed you in the previous week. Been swamped with work. Apologies that you know I couldn't get to send something out for you. But anywho, this week we are back, and I'm here with a fascinating human being. <laughs> He'll tell us a little bit about himself, but. The one thing that I can say I admire about this guy is that he's a hard worker. He's originally from Kenya. He's a hard worker. He's a street, some some people might call it street wise. Some people might call it uh, street smart or whatever. Um, but he's an interesting human being who's going to tell us a little bit today about what is called a secondary market or some might call it secondhand boom, which basically speaks about purchasing stuff which are secondhand. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Tony Kipchi. Thank you very much, Tony, for inviting me. How do you for, feel? Uh, a bit good and uh, yeah, na- <laughs> nervous, but yeah, thank you for inviting me to your podcast. At least this time around, it's not like uh, oh. the April's full um, clip. You remember when we tried to do that? <laughs> yeah, I remember when I woke up, everybody was like t- sending me a text. What's that? Like... <laughs> You are an analyst or what? I was like, I don't, I haven't even seen it. Then I went to f- Instagram and I could see like a post. Oh my god! Yeah, it was like, oh, that was really interesting to do that because yeah. I know that a lot of people were like, we wonder what Tony is going to tell us there because you're a very fascinating human being, lots of stories. Yeah, I went to. I remember we opened up uh, our football club uh-huh. uh, WhatsApp group and i saw my image with i don't know something football analyst and i was like football <laughs> analyst since when and everybody was making a joke man i was like wow and I, and I was asking one of my friends where did you get this post and they was like go on instagram and I, the first thing that i'm opening on instagram and i'm looking at my photos like football analyst i don't know what i was like oh my god uh, yeah. That was funny. Yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, but, but finally now it's happening, and I'm having a chat with you. So who's who is Tony? Uh, if you had to tell us just very briefly, but at the same time, mm-hmm. give us a little more. Uh, Tony is a gentleman from Kenya. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm currently on my twenty fifth, and um, at the moment. I'm living in Newcastle. And you came all the yeah. way from Kenya. Come from Kenya, yeah. Right. Yeah. Where where in Kenya? I'm from Eldoret, if you've heard of it. This like the not the middle but almost the Rift Valley side of Kenya. So I've I've heard about Eldoret from the book that we, I'm reading. Uh, from Mama Rosemary. Oh, that's yeah. basically where I heard about Eldoret. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. where the runners are coming from. Are you a good runner? <laughs> I can't say I'm not. I'm I'm fast. So I'm a good runner if I practice. But at the moment, I'm playing soccer. So the bigger part of me running as I should and like competition, I'm not that great. But I know if I train, I might be. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, so right. I'm from that place where good runners com- are coming from. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then um you have you lived in Nairobi? Uh not really, but I just lived there for a very short time with my cousin brother. So mm-hmm. when I finished high school, I went and lived lived in Nairobi for like probably 6 months or something, but 
me being in Nairobi has been in and out, so I haven't like lived in Nairobi permanently on a permanent basis now. Right, right. So I've been in Eldoret most so of my time. Where exactly does the street wise aspect of your life start? So it started when I was younger. So I remember I was not that street smart when I was growing up, but I when I grew up when I was in primary school, I met my, my uncle came and lived with us. So my is uh, probably thirty five or something now, and uh, he used to be a very good street man up to today. Right. He always does. He's done a like uh, international. He's on an international level. He does international <laughs> street. What, what is it to the street man? You're talking about scamming. <laughs> no, no, that's not not scamming, but <laughs> not he, the Yahoo boys. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. He's doing it like on an international level, like importing things to which are like second hand goods and uh, back right. to Kenya, like like for example electronics and uh, all these hospital machines and stuff nice. so when he came to live with us when I, then i could see him he could go with me somewhere buy stuff and then he said oh we're gonna do this this and you show me the tricks and uh, how you flip things then huh? that's when i got interested oh this how you get money quick then uh, i was like yeah. okay this is how we started and i actually loved it and it's really working so he, he has even done matatu Ah, uh, not really. In, in Kenya, people <laughs> who do my tattoo are other streetwise type of people. Dangerous, but very streetwise. Well, yeah, like my tattoo is sort of a part of a hustling, so a lot of people are doing it, but I never did it, and no, nobody in my family have ever done that. Never done my tattoo. No. Right. No, not my tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I pictured you as someone who could do my tattoo. Oh, those marshals. What do you call them? The ones who just keep on pointing fingers to people and just to check who, who oh. who's going to town or whatever. Oh. We call it we call them in Kenya we call them conductors. So oh, I conductors. Yeah, yeah, but I don't uh, know. I would have said marshals, yeah. There's a word for it. I don't I can't remember. There's somebody who told me that I don't know, I can't remember, but they're called conductors back at home. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then when do you move to Australia? So I moved back in twenty eighteen January. Oh, you moved here in twenty twenty eighteen January. Twenty eighteen January. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I moved for purpose of studies, and right. I, since that they haven't gone back home until probably I'm planning, I'm planning myself to go back. But yeah, yeah, just still it's around. It's been a while, right? It's been very. Long but time. point is, coming from Kenya to here, you still moved with the uh, streetwise aspect of your life. That aspect, I don't think it will ever leave. <laughs> <laughs> if you just started it will be there right because I've met people who like oh I don't for example someone wants to sell something and he's seeing is a big asshole to sell something online but mm-hmm. for me I'm like that's a really easy thing to do but some people it's not their thing right so when do you start selling stuff online as soon as I got here like I started 2018 2018 I, I think I bought a car and then I didn't like it and then I sold it and then I thought oh it's that quick then I bought a TV then I sold it that's when I started seeing that each other there's business here. Then I saw oh, you can make business. At first, it was not business. As fast, mm. it's, I can't say it's a business, but if you want to sell something, it's a way of making money instead of having something in a house that you're not using. So I can't say the business like you returning the money that you spend on that thing instead of you probably disposing it or giving it to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? But so what would you say are the pros and the cons of selling something, which is a second hand on the market, either using marketplace or using mm. Gumtree? Is there any other platforms again that people can sell stuff? Uh, if 
Okay, mostly, uh, mostly I do fa- Facebook is the best and uh, Gumtree, but I don't really use Gumtree. And there's another one for car selling cars. It's called Castles. I don't know if you've heard of it. I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, that one. Then there's some platform that you can pay, like Gumtree. You can pay to be on top. For example, uh, if you want to be on the top right, and you're yeah, selling, yeah. you have to pay like $5 a week. So that when somebody search your car comes the first one or the item that you're selling, it will be on the top. Wow. Yeah. So what would you say the pros and the cons? So the pros, for I'll start with the pros. It's a way of uh, saving money. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, if you want to buy a TV and uh, you don't want to waste money on just leaving it in your house, you can sell it, and it's a good. Okay, thing so these are these are pros from the context of um, the client, not the not the seller, right? To the okay, so this is to the seller. Not to the to the buyer. To All right, so this is pros to the to, seller. To the seller. The seller is making money. Okay. The okay. seller is making money. Yeah. Because you're selling to somebody. Right. And you'll be making money. Okay. You can sell it at a profit sometimes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So another thing is, I th- I always feel like it's an environmental friendly thing. Okay. So this is always a way of reducing waste. If instead of something, probably sometimes you go to somewhere and then you feel you get a car that's been dumped or it's been set on fire, you can pretty much sell it instead of you going doing some illegal things. And uh, some people just go in the roads. I think you've you've seen around people yeah. driving their cars in the bush, old cars, and then they set it on fire. Then there's a big fire, and then it's a hazard to the environment. So. It's an environmental friendly, and somebody can make use of a second-hand thing for you, and uh, you can make money right. as well. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing, uh, when it comes to the advantages of uh, selling second-hand car, uh, second-hand things, um, it can be a way of uh, acquiring as a buyer acquiring a vintage and uh, uh, yeah. yeah, the vintage items mm-hmm. with items with high quality it's a way of uh, you can acquire them uh, the unique things that you can't find it on the market so right. for example if you want a very old car that's gonna be uh, one funny thing when you're buying a car there's some cars that when you buy them their price is appreciating each year so the older car the old cars like for example the old uh, this um, Mitsubishi Evolution, yeah. for example, those cars, they like the old ones, their prices keep on going up every year. So some people prefer getting them and keeping them. And then after probably 10 years, you sell it on a bigger profit. Is that regardless of the mileage? Or? It, yeah, it's regardless of the oh. mileage. The mileage, it's, it's, a, it's an impact, but it will be very minimal. Okay. Yeah, but the best thing a lot of people buy with low mileage, that's a good thing because if you get something under... 180 kilometers, 180,000 kilometers, it's going to be a good thing for you in the long run. Yeah. Instead of you getting something that's already 300. Mileage is a big factor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it won't be that big on vintage cars. Okay. Yeah. Um, Another thing is a way of supporting the local charity and unprofitable organization. So you're supporting the local like uh, all those charity shops around that you've seen so in what way because if you go there and you give them clothes second hand things that you're giving them or you buy from them okay so they make money and uh, they run the organization yeah and some of the clothes they are being transported to 
wherever, anywhere to help people who doesn't have clothes. Right. Yeah. Right. And items. So it's not basically clothes and item or cars. It's anything that you think it's second and it can be useful to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a it's a best way to find uh, high quality items that have already been tested. Uh, yeah, and another thing is um, it's a way of decluttering your how your home. Mm-hmm. So if you have a lot of rubbish and uh, you can okay, it's not rubbish, but if you have a lot of things in your car, in your garage, and or ever in your home, you can just sell them and uh, your home look your home uh, look uh, clean and out of uh, <coughs> waste. Yeah. Right, right. So those those are a few of the pros that you have for us. What are, what are yeah. the cons? Um, the cons is not a lot. Um, when you some of the some of these secondhand goods, you can buy something and it comes and breaks straight away after you bought it. So for example, a car. You can think somebody might sell you a fake thing, and uh, you when you get home, it's broken and you can't fix it. And uh, there's no re- refund policy when it comes to secondhand goods. So once you buy something and you take it home and it breaks, that's your own fault. Right. And uh, it's very, sometimes you might meet scamming and uh, fraud. Somebody sells you something that's not belong to them. And then you get in trouble with the police, especially the phones and laptops and everything. So it's something. Yeah. And speak, speaking about that, of the phones, I don't know if you saw today, this morning, on yeah. the on the news, I don't know if you saw this, that uh, two teens in uh, Perth mm. were actually uh, they yet to be charged. I think mm. they tried to to rob a, a man on who was who is on his forties. Mm. They tried to purchase a phone from him and they sent him a location to a certain place. He went there and then yeah. one of the little one, the thirteen year old one, mm. snatched the phone, ran over. Yeah. Um, towards where the fifteen-year-old was, and these are young girls. Ooh. So they took out a took out knives and they stabbed him. And yeah, that's it's a what, big case. That's what you do sometimes when you go to. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen sometimes when you go to Facebook, you'll find people who are trying to sell you, and then they say you go to this email, send you send the item into this email. So don't you do that? Oh, don't really? you, Don't give anybody your email. Don't do business with email because that's scamming. But what what's the worst that they could do? Do they do they hack into your documents and, and stuff in your computer yeah, and stuff? They will probably tend to ask you your email and then they ask you your number. Can you give me your number? And then they'll tell us, can you give us your bank details? We want to send you a deposit to hold that item. And once you do that, there's a way they just do it. And then you're, how do you know that? Have you tried? I've it? seen. I've seen. I've seen. I was speaking to my friend. Somebody was sending selling something ridiculous. A twenty twenty two twenty twenty car. For nine thousand dollars, and that was very ridiculous. Yeah, well, it, too good to be true. It's though. too good to be true, and the person was just using the same trick. Oh, can I get your email? Can I have your number? Can you please email me the detail? Then I'll send you the all those. Really, it's it's always like a scam. Right. It's just at, a at some scam. point, let's talk about you. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, you got banned from Facebook. What did you do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't do anything like wrong because I was doing it too quick because there's a time I was selling something and then I was re- removing it and editing and editing oh. and editing. Then they thought that I'm doing something wrong. So that's when they banned me for almost four weeks. <laughs> I was not doing anything illegal. <laughs> so I was 
editing something i was selling like i was editing then uploading then removing uploading uploading so with that condition they don't they think that you're doing something illegal right. so they just had to kick me out for a while i rang them and they fixed it up for me uh-huh. so yeah it was not something big i told you that <laughs> i kind of can't recall i don't yeah. know what you told me yeah it's been a while though uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know how far you're with the cons you still yeah. go ah yeah it's all good yeah because so yeah. i wanted to take you a little bit back to you know decluttering of your household yeah. and whatsoever yeah and as we were sort of having a bit of a chair before we started the uh-huh. recording i want to get what your views are especially because you said also your cousin now sort of take stuff you know overseas second hands and bring them to Kenya and run business with that I wanted to get what your view is about that um, about a couple of years ago the New York Times published an article basically pointing out towards uh, what the Europe calls the secondary you know economy yep where they'll take mobile phones um, other electronics including solar panels that are almost out of life and sending them to Africa in the name of aid mm. or whatsoever but or cashing in a little bit because of basically what secondary economy basically would mean but that not being done out of good intentions but basically been mm, done yeah. to sort of turn Africa into a dumping place and who knows where else these things might be happening yeah and also probably about 20 2017 somewhere there if I'm not mistaken Rwanda Tanzania and Uganda tried to ban secondhand cl- clothes from America yep. and they were threatened with sanctions all those things I wanted to just get your your views about them as someone who deals with secondary yeah uh, yeah with that uh, especially when they are importing things from overseas to Africa I feel like to my own view it's um it's not something good because this is going to create a very a very big in the long run like a period of time it's going to create a very a big landfill like with waste and everything because these clothes have already been used or these gadgets or, or electronics they've already been used so their lifespan is really short mm-hmm. so when you see africans and uh, all these sec- uh, third world countries receiving these second hand goods this is a uh, this is going to be catastrophic with to them mm-hmm. in the long run mm-hmm. so we'll be having a lot of waste products and uh, with the, talking about that second hand goods this is going to um it's going to like not create uh jobs for for the people because if for example you have a manufacturing company for clothes and then you're bringing second hand clothes so people will go to second hand clothes and uh, because it's cheap and right. uh, affordable so people will tend to tend to buy these second hand goods and not supporting the locals so local this business, yeah, yeah. yeah so the local business is going to die very quickly exactly yeah. yeah and yeah i mean you're right because i think i think that's exactly what Dambisa Moyo in her book Dead Aid basically mm. speaks about mm. to say instead of you know trying to rely on aid you know people in first world first, first world countries collecting stuff and say they're giving it to Africa how about um, they maybe just look whether there's no possibilities to collect money and rather send the money to local businesses yeah. um, in the third world and make sure the businesses are compliant with the law they pay tax so that they can also help boost the economy in that way yeah. and also in terms of the catastrophic aspect that you're talking about in terms of electronics what what actually the the article in the new york times sort of pointed out also is the impact that some of these electronics because some of them when they're out of life 
there's no proper education in a lot of African countries into how, in how to recycle. Yeah. So people tend to, you'll find people just breaking a television in your backyard. Yeah. Or you'll find people breaking, you know, the solar panel uh, tubes and whatsoever. And in doing that, then you find that some gases might leak yeah. from these electronics to the ground and then they might affect, you know, your agriculture and some of the toxins might also affect the environment. And then, you know, issues of climate change also um, filters in within all those things. So I like, I like, I like your views um, in terms of that. Very impressive that you, you also do your research in terms of your cousin. Isn't your cousin doing things that might jeopardize yeah. lives of people in Kenya? Um, for him, is uh, I don't think he's doing something that's going to jeopardize because he's dealing with um, goods that are pretty much new. Mm-hmm not in a bad condition because when you see when they're being bringing buying secondhand like for example clothes mm-hmm. most of them you just buy them then some of them are torn they're bad conditions what do they do with that they're all gonna be dumped somewhere mm-hmm. and that's gonna create all these landfills and uh, it's gonna be environment it's not gonna be environmental safe anymore right right yeah so if we can just go back quickly we sort of running a little bit out of time. I'm sorry for pressing you. That's all good. Uh, like that. Um, I want us to talk about, as, as you mentioned earlier on, and as we're touching on, um, the sin- situation in Perth where the two young teens um, tried to sort of rob a man in his 40s. What, what can you tell us about few laws on secondary market that people need to be more aware of? So um, the laws in Australia, it's it's we have laws that protects consumers. Mm-hmm. So there are some laws that regulate the sale of secondhand goods. These laws uh, depends on states and territory, mm-hmm. but in general, the secondhand dealers requires to hold a license and comply with the regulation and re- and related re- record keeping and identification and reporting of transactions. So if you buy something secondhand or a car, it has. If you wanna involve yourself, for example, in selling things and like motor car, like motor vehicles, firearms, and jewelry, you have to have a license to have this to have this business continuing. So, or if it's a continuous thing, if you wanna do it continuously on a large scale production. Uh So if you wanna sell, if you wanna do it. If you're to sell your own personal car, you don't really need it. But okay. if you're to do it like a business yeah, yeah, yeah. of selling secondhand clothes, guns, jewelries, and everything, mm-hmm. you have to have a valid license for that. Okay. Yeah, and um, so this is like a, it's called I think it's called consumers protection law. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this is a very big this is a very big uh, protection to all consumers right. and uh the, i think the best if you have a, like a question to related to second hand uh, second hand goods you have to probably talk to your local legal professional and uh government agency to help you around when you want to buy something second hand right right yeah and then um how about the ways to sort of clean up whatever you purchase online whatever uh, uh for example Cleaning is not a big thing, but uh-huh. it's good to, for you to clean for hygiene purposes of second hand because you don't know how this thing has been used 
So, um, for example, cars, you just wash them and uh, take them to your local car wash. And uh, the bigger thing is when you're washing the seats. For example, you need, I personally have a upholstery cleaner that right. I use to wash the seats and anything that's like, for example, fabric, all those things with, like, for example, couch. Mm. You use a, a cleaner, like a upholstery cleaner, and that's going to help you clean it down. For example, when you use uh, electronics, probably microfiber cloth will help that. I don't it. know how it is for you. I, mm. I found that here in Australia, compared to back in South Africa, where I come from, and I don't know how it is in Kenya, most people who sell stuff, they hardly do any effort to clean the stuff before they sell them. Um, yeah, people who are selling things, especially uh, like electronics, no one wants to clean, it, clean them. But if you want to do a quick sell, like this is a trick, if you want to sell your car quicker, just wash it, make it clean. It's, it will attract customers, so right. you, it's good. But a lot of people don't care because it's going to go, especially when they're selling it in a throwaway price. Mm -hmm. They're going to, they won't bother cleaning it at any point. So right. we'll just let it go and slide like that. Right. Yeah. And then what's the best way and how does this fall within the law if one wants to resell their items? Is there ever a time that because Facebook and Gumtree sometimes does not have a way to sort of reassess the stuff that you're selling, they're trusting that at least you're following the law, you who's selling the stuff. But how, what's, what's the law? Um, I think I've basically tried to cover part of the response which I didn't have. But anyways, I'd love to hear from you in terms of um, best way to resell something. Is there ever a time where you can say this is now out of life? I shouldn't even attempt to sell it. Because sometimes people, I think they can be tempted to sell something even if they see that this thing is out of life already. Yeah. Um, the good thing, like if you want to sell something, if and you see if it's uh, it's uh, out of of use or it's so bad, it's better for you. The item description is very important. Mm -hmm. So if you write all the description when you're selling something, for example, the car has all these problems, it's better for you to write them instead because you'll have a customer who the experienced customer they'll come and check, I, I uh, like inspect the item and they find it's a lot of like a lot of problems with it and you're trying to sell it to them especially with cars and uh, all these probably motorbikes somebody will come and check and then you haven't listed all the problems they get mad and they, you have a very somebody gives you a bad rating on Facebook yeah. because nowadays on Facebook you get ratings I don't know if you know that yeah I've noticed it yeah. I, I've noticed because I was checking also through the rules as, as part of our preparation and I see they, that they're encouraging that Somebody, if you want to buy something, it's always good to also check the profile of the person who's selling to see what ratings they have in their history and so on and so forth. Yeah, because nowadays, if you have a one-star one, one star rating, if you have one star, if you try to sell something, you will probably send, uh, spend like as like as twice as much effort that some with somebody who has a five-star. Because as a five-star person or a four-star, when they post something, it will go straight away on the top. But right. you, as you have to search the particular thing, mm -hmm. for example, you're searching, uh, for example, you're uh, buying a car and uh, you're looking for, uh, when you punch in the car, that your car you're looking at, mm -hmm. the person who has a one star will be at the bottom on the list. Mm -hmm. With the four or five star, they will be on top of the list. And uh, it's a good thing to do a rating for your customer whenever you're buying something. By rating, it will help someone else and... Uh, we are tending, we'll tend to help each other by getting best sellers and customers. Mm -hmm. 
and I, as well, I can separate my customers because some people, <laughs> when they come there, they just want to downplay down you and give you some little money. Some, you're selling something and somebody wants to give you 20 bucks or 100. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you, yet you're selling it probably for 1,000 and it's just playing you, wasting your time. Right. Yeah. Do you read any books about markets and stuff like that? Uh, not really, but I, I've read a book on... Uh, on this related topic. For right. example, uh, there's a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up mm -hmm. uh, by Maria Kondo. She, uh, she has a unique uh, perspective on decluttering and letting go of items that are no, no longer bringing uh, a sparkling joy. So if you read that, it will give you a good view on this topic. Right, right. Yeah. Have we? Do you know if we've got people who might act maybe as agents and so on on behalf of those... I don't know what's the right phrasing for this, but on behalf of Tony, who doesn't want to open a Facebook account himself and sell this stuff, but mm. you have people who sort of act as a third party who can do the reselling on your behalf. Yeah, uh, I'll talk on, be for example, cars, that's what I major on. Yeah. Uh, there's some local people who can sell your car, for example, in Cardiff, second-hand like, auctions. They can sell, buy your second-hand, your car and, sell it for you they can you can take it to them pay some money uh -huh. and then they'll sell your car for for whatever money that you want to sell right. your car for right yeah there's a lot of a lot of them in this place that you can do sell in your cars right yeah as a last task let me give you this hard last task so that yeah. we see really whether there is saving money or not when you look at secondary economy mm. in the context of you know small scale not necessarily yet in large scale because the point of bringing you in mm. was to talk more onto a small scale perspective mm. your house where you live now can you give us a rough estimate that if the all the items you have in your house now mm. um if you were to purchase them because i don't know which ones came straight from the shop and which ones might have been part of a second hand i, I got stuff which are part of second hand and I saved up a lot of money mm. from it you're right um, so for instance my TV could have probably cost more than a thousand if I was to go a thousand five or so if I was to go straight to the shop but I yeah. spent about five hundred dollars for yeah. it which is a lot of money sort of chopped down yeah. so in the context of your house where you live in now I just wanted to have a bit of an idea how much rough estimate if you did any if mm. all your items were from the shop and then when now you scale down and also maybe touch on the health of the items, for instance, if it's a fridge, um, how many years estimate would you say it'll last you to go, same as your TV and so on and so forth? Okay, uh, when you're buying secondhand goods, you're not too sure what's the, go what's the goal with the lifespan. So sometimes it's like a gamble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hopefully we always like, prepare for the worst but hope for the best so when you're buying something you hope for the best and um, for example I when I bought my first I think my first furniture was a fridge and um, I I got it second hand that fridge would have cost me probably 2000 or plus but I got it on a very fair deal and uh, it had a warranty too so when you buy something some second hand goods there pretty much somebody didn't want to uh, he didn't want to like move with it so some people are moving from states oh yeah so they just want to sell it and you'll probably get a second hand good which is pretty new you don't have to buy a bad thing like a very old thing on 
when it comes second hand because a lot of people will tend to have an ide- ideology of like because it's second hand it's like probably old or what no a second hand good can be like as new as two months right good true yeah yeah so the f- fridge and my tv were pretty much new and uh, they have still have warranty on them so if it breaks up within probably within before two years from now i can still get an get it repaired or get a new one so right. you don't have to buy a very old thing to be a second hand second hand goods can, can be new right yeah so i tend up to save a lot of money i can't really estimate how much i've i've saved with that but i'm pretty sure it's decent money if but i you're, an, you're you're a very good economist on the law scale you should at least be able to give that rough estimate oh. i saved how much so if oh. you said your fridge probably of course you two thousand about two thousand about how much you spend for it uh, on a second scale, a thousand dollars. About a thousand dollars. That's a yeah. good bargain there. Yeah, with uh, warranty. I mean. With my TV, probably it could have costed me two thousand five hundred dollars, and I probably I got it with twelve hundred, I think. So there's a where I buy my second-hand goods. It's I think uh, I I don't want to advertise, but there's where I there's a place that always buy second-hand goods, yeah. and uh, we get them, and uh, it's pretty much like, for example, it's scratched. Second hand yeah, goods. Yeah. All these shops sometimes might be just a little damage. Little damage. Then yeah. you can go and buy it there. So that's where I always sometimes buy uh, my my thing. So probably I've saved of uh, <laughs> let's say five to eight thousand. Uh, yeah, five five. So probably five thousand with everything included. Yeah, instead of buying new ones. Instead of buying new ones. Yeah, that's you could the, probably really could save that around there. That's really good money. Yep. And you can take the money. So if you had the money at hand, what would you do with the money? Let's say you've got now 10 grants mm. with you mm. and you're moving into a new house and you're thinking of instead of going to purchase new stuff, let me buy secondhand stuff and try to save up. So let's say roughly you save up about 5000 mm. What What would you do with the 5000 Where would you use it for? Uh, with the 5000 sometimes I always uh, buy, uh, for example, I'll buy a car. That's probably has some issues, and I fix it up, make sure it's good, and then I put it back in the market, and see how you go with that. So that's what I do. Right, right. So I just tend to but invest. But I, I guess my point investment. with that question was trying to also exploit a little bit out of you because we're out of time. But it was to exploit ways in which you sort of save up your money apart from just. So do you have investments? Do you buy gifts? Do you buy, do you spend money on clothes? Because <laughs> your life seems to be very. Uh, you're more of a minimalist in terms of, you know, economic spending. I can't say I'm a minimalist. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just spend it like the right way, but I, I can't say I'm a really like that minimalist. Like I used to be a long time. So uh, as you get older, things change. So I spend it on everything, anything that I want. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Especially back at home, you invest and do anything that you want. So the, what, the investment is in a form of in a bank or on nah. land? Or I don't believe in saving. Or putting, on I don't believe in putting money in bank. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Why? No. It's a, because like money faces all these, uh, what do you call, uh, deflation. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when it, there's a little more, when there's defla- uh, deflation, your money will just lose value each year. Right. So when year goes by and you put 
probably so how do you spend it without giving any away more of your details mm. if you don't put it in a bank do you keep it under your mattress no no no, no. <laughs> the same thing if you put it on bank or under your mattress cash right so when defl- uh, deflation comes it will just uh yeah still affect you if you put it on uh, your mattress so right. you just probably buy a land or invest on something that you want to do That's probably good. if you buy a land back at home yeah the land will never lose value they right. keep on going up every year so Wow. That's a good thing. You, you look sound like a guy who must, must be owning <laughs> great acres. In, no, in not really. But I'm saying that's the smartest way you can right. do because putting money in the bank, it's, just, it's, a, it's a good, but some, at the long run, it's you not You don't believe in this Bitcoin stuff and Forex stuff? Uh, I do believe in... I don't know about much about Forex, but a, the cryptocurrency, uh-huh. I can say it's it's... it's you... Probably I can't advise anything with that, but if you <laughs> if you're gonna do your cryptocurrency or you got, look for your advice about, I believe then cryptocurrency might work, but you need to understand the market. Right. So when things go south, I don't know, <laughs> or when the market the market goes up and down, you need to be on touch with that. So, so you're basically scared of inflation. You you're more cautious about that. If something, if 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 inflation hits oh, and it affects your money and stuff, like that. yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not scared of inflation, but I know inflation is there. Right, yeah. right, okay. Are your taxes in order? <laughs> <laughs> All the time, my taxes always like big, big, big thing for me. So, right. <laughs> yeah, my taxes are good. That's great. Yeah, it's good to hear from you. Any last thing you wanna sort of leave with a. Uh, Viewers, oh sorry, our listeners. I'm talking well, already with you. Uh, I don't really have a lot of things today, but I think you've talked all the things that we needed to talk when it comes to secondhand goods. Right. Yeah, and uh, that's it for the day. Thanks for thanks coming. For, thanks for that, Tony. Thanks for today and for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is great, man. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Tony Kip G. Yeah. said we should just keep it at keep g and we're talking secondhand um boom or some might call secondary market on a small scale not necessarily on a big scale but i think for those who know tony they can really attest that he's a guy who's very much of a streetwise when it comes to this a very smarty guy as you heard there how he saves up i hope this can help somebody who's in a better place to sort of purchase something good um it might be the death of big market, but at the same time, it might be a good platform for you to save up your money. So thanks for choosing us. Thanks for listening to these episodes. Go ye and be great stewards of your finances. Be best human beings, best versions of yourselves, and we'll see you next time. We are out. <laughs>